How are you today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for uh, for jumping on with me, and uh, we're gonna talk some Absolutely. horror. Absolutely. We're gonna talk horror. We're gonna talk some nerd stuff. We're gonna talk some uh, some uh, some stuff about you. Because, yes. Uh, you do a lot of stuff. You have a lot of things that you want to talk about because you are much more than just a horror actress and a nerd. Like you've got a lot of stuff that you do. So. I do. What would you like to discuss first? Um. Oh, gosh. The first topic is always the hard one. Uh, what do I talk about first? Because I have a lot of things to talk about. Um. Well, first up, I guess we can talk about spooky season because spooky season's coming up. Oh, yes. Yes. It's what, like 90 days to Halloween? 90 days oh. or give or take. Yeah, it's, it's ish. Yeah. I'd... Yeah. I don't have my abacus out. I can't count real quick. So what is what is your favorite Halloween activity? Like what's your one thing that you like to do every Halloween and you do it without fail? It's always the just getting to dress up. Always getting to dress up. Um, I did it for, you know, of course I did it as a kid. I did it into adulthood. I loved passing out the candies to the other kids growing up. And now I'm a haunt actress. I work at a dark attraction park. So what was your, your favorite candy to get as a kid? Snickers. Snickers. Just a regular, like obviously the full bars, not the, the fun size. Uh, not the little tiny fun size. No, I like the regular yeah. full size bars. Yeah. You got to go full size. If you're going candy, like, there were a couple of houses that we would go to, like we knew which neighborhood to go to that was going to give out the full size bar. Uh, Every time, when I was Every a kid, time. it was uh, the big two. It was uh, Butterfinger and Baby Ruth in that order. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that's what we always went for because that's back when uh, Bart Simpson was the spokesperson for uh, yes, Butterfinger. Yes, I remember those days. What was that? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. I hope that wasn't me. I don't think it was me. Uh, this is a new mixer. I don't know. Maybe I'm picking up some sort of interference from a leaf blower or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but all right. Uh, did you have a favorite um, a favorite uh, costume that you had growing up? Was it like you know, you know a store bought one or one that you made yourself or was there a specific character? I always liked playing witches or vampires. So if my mom made a costume or if we bought it or growing up, you know, into adulthood, if I bought like a sexy vampire or whatever, you know, stereotypical slutty, sexy vampire. (laughs) 
Reminds me of the uh, Jim Gaffigan routine where he talks about going trick-or-treating and his neighbors hate it, and not just because he makes a sexy cat woman. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I remember one year my brother and I, he's a couple years younger than me, we were uh, Batman and Robin, and my mom had bought, like, the pajamas with the cape. Oh, so yeah. We, we, I mean, they weren't, like, super warm, so we layered, like, thermal underwear underneath. But she only had one mask, and it was, like, the Robin domino mask. <laughs> and, like, we were arguing over who was going to get it, and I ended up getting it. And she's like, well, Batman is more important. Like, you know, there's, like, 12 Robins. I mean, she didn't say that, but, you know, it, Batman's the main guy, and we knew that. So, right. So when did you uh, have you started making your own costumes like now that you've uh, become an adult and like you want to kind of, uh, you know, branch out into different. Uh, I kind of do. I actually I do at least distress my own costumes. So I like going thrifting and stuff like that. Um, and you can turn anything into a costume. You can zombify or mummify or decay anything. And there's all kinds of little tips and tricks out there with acrylic paints and uh, coffee or tea and all kinds of fun stuff you can do. Yeah, because you, you mentioned that a little bit uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago you, when you we were talking about the fake blood. And, yes. Uh, you, were, you were talking about, like, you know, making, you know, there are different types of fake blood. So tell us a little bit about that, because I know that's something that you're like an expert on. Um, there's there are multiple types of ways that you can either make your own or you can buy pre-made blood. Um, some brands you want to stay away from because they stain and unless you're looking at something like perma blood, which goes on props and costuming that is always going to always remain in a bloody gory look. Um, and then there's prop and stage blood that you can get from spirit Halloween, Walmart, you know, um, any of those, that you can get like the little bottles of and and you can use that um i personally don't like those brands myself i'm just not a fan of them um so i go through a different company and i get it directly through them um and then you can also make your own blood and you can make edible blood usually it's some sort of thing that consists of corn syrup Strawberry syrup, red food coloring, chocolate syrup, um, strawberry gel mix for cakes and cheesecakes and things like that. And you can, there's all kinds of different recipes out there that you can find. In your uh, expert medical opinion, uh, what is what film has captured fake blood the best for you? Psycho. Psycho? Okay. Always Psycho. That Hershey blood down the drain. Can't go wrong. Especially black and white. It's like Especially black and white. You get a lot more leeway with your uh with your uh, medium there. Yep, absolutely. 
this is obviously a question that you've thought about before because like you did not hesitate like a tenth of a second you knew it (laughs) you've got to pay homage to psycho it's a classic so uh other than you know just dressing up is there uh, a specific um you know like tradition that you have that you do on halloween like ashes and i uh, we like to go, <clears throat> there's a, a little, uh, well, not little, but it's a, there's a zoo, Roger Williams Zoo in, um, I want to say it's Providence or just outside of Providence, uh, Rhode Island. We drive down there because her birthday's in the middle of uh, October or Ashtober. And mm-hmm. uh, we go down there, they have all these thousands and thousands of carved pumpkins and there's different themes and people paint them and carve them, you know, depending on whatever the theme is. And we go through there, and then on Halloween itself, we always watch movies, but we always watch Trick or Treat because she loves Sam. And if uh, people are looking, let me see if I can. I have a, a nice. I always do that. I forget which hand is which. This nice art print made by our very talented friend Alex Hoy, uh, that he uh, gave to us and signed, because he's uh, just awesome. Does a lot of horror stuff. So if you're not familiar with him, uh, look him up. Alex Hoey, oh shit, art, I believe. Oh, I feel bad not knowing that exactly at the top of my head. <laughs> but just search uh, Alex Hoey, H-O-E-Y, and you'll find some of his stuff. He recently did a, uh, you know, to plug something he did, he uh, did a design of Victor Crowley that Adam Green used to uh, put on some T-shirts and sweatshirts, and folks uh, have been rocking those lately. It's a uh, really mm-hmm. cool really cool design so if you're looking for a way to support him and represent you know talking about fake blood you know a character that's gone through a lot of it um so yeah get, to get back to the question what are your uh, what are your halloween traditions other than dressing up and handing out candy um for me the past five years i haven't been able to celebrate traditionally i still have my movie marathons throughout the entire month of october of course you know preparing myself um but for the past five years i've been a haunt actor so i've been working scaring people to death I would for help i would count so that's that a new tradition yeah so what are, what are your go-to movies like you know, if you st- starting small and then ramping up, like what what would you start with, and what do you what do you put up at the top? Um, always start with Nightmare Before Christmas. Very nice. Um, because that's just you just have to watch it twice a year, mm-hmm. at least. Even though I probably watch it a thousand. Um. Then, of course, I'm going to watch the actual Halloween series. I'm going to watch things like Candyman. I'm going to watch Nightmare on Elm Street, of course. The Exorcist and Poltergeist. Okay, that's a solid lineup. Um... And then any B-movie I can find. Do you have they're a, so bad they're good yeah no no yeah i got you there uh do you have like a specific favorite like is there one that you're like oh my god i saw this and you have to see it it's so awesome um it's oh gosh there's a christmas one 
and it's uh it's not evil santa it's called something else is it the one with bill goldberg is that the one you're talking about i think so yeah uh like santa's sleigh or something like that i i know what you're talking about i can't think of the name of it but yeah um bill goldberg as santa that's yeah okay that's a good one yeah i mean we do uh you know obviously uh one of the ones that i grew up with that was uh near and dear to me and i'm gonna see if i do this right yep uh i have the making of thriller which is a, a basically it's a vhs rip onto a dvd and that's one that my brothers and I used to watch all the time. It, that was our introduction to horror, you know, mm-hmm. mid '80s. You know, my parents were like, "Look, you can see what, uh, you know, it's really not that scary if you look at, you know, how it's the, made." Yeah, yeah, it's because there were some gruesome images, like you know, that one guy that gets up and like all the blood drips out of his mouth and down his face. Like that's some terrifying shit if you're four years old. Yes. It is epic. It is great. But if you're like, oh, this is how they did it. Here's how they made Michael turn into the were cat wolf. Like, this is exactly. And they would juxtapose. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's it's amazing. Uh, and they juxtapose both, um, you know, Michael in the finished product and as he's getting the prosthetics on and as they're shooting it. So you can see the prosthetics. You can see it move. Then you can see how it gets like all like brought down through movie magic. Like it's it's so cool, and I think that kind of not desensitized me because there's some there's some truly epic epic fucked up stuff that uh, you see in some of these these horror films. Oh, um, absolutely! I've got uh, the Scream Factory uh, like special edition of Event Horizon coming in September. Nice. And Ashes has never seen it. Oh man! So that's one that uh, we will definitely have to add to our rotation. Nice. Do you have? Uh, I mean, I know you have. So I'm going to ask you your top five horror films. Ooh. Yeah, I know that's tough, and I'm a dick, but like. <laughs> Dawn of. Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Ty. Okay. That's not. It's not easy when you. Nightmare on Elm Street. You're of course talking about the remake with Jackie Earl, her, Jackie Earl Haley. Exorcist and Candyman. Okay. I mean, I I, I love Todd so much. <laughs> I met him at a con a few well a few years it was like twelve years ago Jesus I met him at a con and I was like I was like man you are a lot bigger in 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 real life and he goes wait till you see me on twenty four I play an African dictator man I am fucking larger than life it was like it's <laughs> one of those interactions I will never forget he was like he's looking around he's sitting there he's like he's like man there's not a lot of people here where's all the people like I thought this was supposed to be a big con I'm like. There's a huge Red Sox playoff game right now. Like oh. everybody will be here tomorrow. Like trust me. And then like he saw me later that day and he was like, "Yeah." Um, for me, I I have to go. I I'm gonna slightly disagree with you on the uh, Romero series. I think Day of the Dead is the best. I love Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead is good. Um, I love Bobby's my favorite zombie. 
Um, and you know, so I would go Day of the Dead, Trick or Treat. Uh, the uh, you know what I'm gonna see this changes all the time, but it's I'm looking at the signed DVD case, so I'm gonna go Adam Green's Frozen, which if you haven't seen, I highly recommend. I have not seen that yet. Then Jaws and the Thing, and then Hellraiser for my uh, honorable mention. So I I, I got to tell you about Frozen. So this is uh, Kane Hodder's in it. He was the stunt guy, the stunt coordinator. But he also drove uh, one of those snow cats. So Frozen has uh, one of the actors that you might recognize is, uh, I can't think of his name, but he played uh, Iceman in the Marvel, uh, the Fox uh, X-Men movies. And so it's him and like two of his friends and they're like scamming their way onto a ski lift, like without having to pay. So they go, you know, over and over and they're going on uh, Mount Holliston which is the town where he's from, which is like an hour from me in Massachusetts. Actually, nice. if you ever watched his TV show that he did, Holliston, a lot, uh-huh. of, a lot of times they they uh, they go to this you know Cumberland Farms convenience store. I actually worked in that store when I was 18. <laughs> uh, but they go up on the ski lift over and over, and finally they're like, oh, you got to give us one more run. They're like, no, we're closing down. Like, come on, man, just one more run. They're like, all right, fine. So he gives them one more run, and you know somebody comes over to the guy running the ski lift and says, "Hey, you got uh, boss wants to see you." And he's like, "All right, but there's a couple more people coming down, so don't shut everything down yet." And like two minutes later, some people come down, and it's not them, so they shut everything down, and they're suspended 50 feet up, and nobody's coming. Like this is Sunday night; nobody's coming back till Friday. Oh man! And like. That's that's the movie, and there's like everything that happens afterwards. It's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, the poster art is actually the stuntman like hanging from the uh, the chairlift, and like it just came out so great that they just they used that. As They're just like art. screw it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a late, late horror show and Anthony T's horror show. Sean Ashmore is the actor I'm referring to. Thank you, Anthony T. Uh, just came across you live. Or you live. So thank you for uh, for joining us this evening. If you have any questions for Jess as we go through the, uh, the show, please feel free to ask. <coughs> Make sure you keep it classy, because uh, otherwise this, I, have, I have no patience for that. So... Uh, well, we want to make sure people are, are classy and respectful. I know Anthony will be. Like, I know Anthony. Anthony's a good buddy of mine. Uh, great dude. Uh, huge indie horror fan. Uh, he's a big fan of the original Axe to Grind. Nice. So, uh, he might have some uh, some uh, some questions for you regarding that. So, we've talked a little bit about Halloween and some of your favorite horror movies. Uh, so, I'm going to ask you one more horror movie question. And then we're going to move on. So the question I have for you is, what do you think, which film do you think has the better practical effects? The Hellraiser. practical. It's the Hellraiser regeneration scene or the defibrillator scene from The Thing? Hellraiser. Hellraiser. That is, yeah, you can't go wrong. There's like, there's no wrong answer. (laughs) 
So the Late Late Horror Show asks, uh, what has been your biggest project? My biggest project? Mm -hmm. um, probably my book cover modeling. Okay. Yeah, and you, said, uh, you, you mentioned that last time. Uh, you said that's something that you just got into? I, I've been modeling for 10 years. Um, but I've been doing small local things mostly. Um, but a couple years ago I connected with a couple of friends from other States and we all shot together and the photo actually went really quickly. Um, an author snagged it up like instantly and I've just been on the journey since, so it's been two or three years. That's super cool. I know you said because it's not out yet, you can't tell us what it is, but uh, I'm sure that once once it's uh, more widely available, you will you will. Oh, absolutely. Because that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Finding a book cover. You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but, like, there's so much that goes into creating the art for a, a book cover because that's exactly what they want you to do. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. All right, so let's let's kind of uh, switch gears and go into uh, some of the modeling stuff that you've done, because you've done a lot of different things, like the thumbnail uh, that we used for this this particular show mm -hmm. is one of the the uh, one of the types that you do. Uh, you also do a lot with blood. Uh, so yes. Tell us, tell us about like how you learned that you really enjoyed being covered with blood <laughs> um i don't know if if that's an appropriate conversation for this thing <laughs> i mean it's it's up to you you know but you i know you do enjoy being covered with blood i i enjoy it very very much um i kind of always just wanted to do it and I never really got a chance to, as far as my modeling goes, for quite a few years. Um, a lot of the locations we would go to would have, you know, stricter rules and things like that. Or they would have to have stricter rules because people weren't courteous at all. And would make a mess of the place and then they wouldn't clean up after themselves or whatever. So I was actually... Um, hit up by one of my photographers and he said, I have a great opportunity for you. I have this great location. They do group shoots um, throughout the year and I want you to come and we'll shoot and I have a plan. Okay, great. Absolutely. Um, and so we decided to use a little bit of blood and I was partnered up with a male and um, I just had a blast. He, they went to start flicking the blood on me to, you know, just kind of messing me, messing me up a little bit. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is validating. This is just validating for me. It's the weirdest thing. Well, I mean, if it's, you know, it, you never know what you're going to like until you try it. And then like, once you try it, you're like, 
oh my god, like this is this is the thing I want to do. Like this is my my niche. This is my yes, exactly. Like this is my thing. Because the the picture, like you know, you sent a bunch of pictures, and like the one that I used, um, I I I use actually for your your contact in my in my phone is the one where you're just absolutely just covered in blood. Yes, it's awesome. So it looks like we actually have... I have a really fun story with That's that cool. one. Um I was going to another group shoot by another photographer friend of mine. <laughs> uh great buddy of mine. Um and I had gone to the same location like two years prior, and I had gotten buddy buddy with the property owners. So I was like, hey, do you think that they would mind if we did this and, you know, kind of just did a bloodbath-esque kind of shoot? And he was like, I don't know. Let's hit up the guy. Because, you know, we had to find out, can we bring a bathtub in? Can we use a field? Can we, you know, get your property messy? And stuff like that. Like I said, a lot of people don't clean up after themselves or, you know, don't think about it or whatever. So I hit up the guy and he was like, absolutely. I'm like, can we find like a throwaway bathtub? Can we find like someone's bathtub that they just yanked out of their house and are renovating or whatever? And he said, I'm on it. And he found it in like a day. That's awesome. And then the rest is history. That's we ended up with an epic shoot. It we thought it was gonna be warmer than what it was. I was freezing my butt off. You looked like you were having fun though. Like you it was a blast, but it was cold. <laughs> uh, we do have a question in the chat uh, from uh, Roka's life, Roka's life. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, as the queen of blood, was there a time in your life that that idea would have been a no-go for you? Actually, no. I mean, you're you're a big horror Halloween person, so... Exactly. I've always enjoyed the gory movies and things like that. You know, blood and guts and things never really ever disgusted me um so no i've i've never been like that kind of a person where you know it where i switched sides so it was more like you know when you first did it you were like yes this is what i've been looking for this is it this is the thing <laughs> that makes sense so have there ever been uh, times when you went to do a modeling shoot? Because I've seen a lot of your your stuff, uh, and there's a you know there's a wide variety of types of shoots that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, has there ever been a time when you know? So obviously, what I'm what I'm getting from that is uh, the people that you were working with, uh, you know, were very uh, conscious of your comfort. And you know, making sure that you know you were you were okay with doing all these different shoots. Has there ever been a time when someone was like, "Hey, this is what I want to do," and they were like super sketchy about it, and you were just like, "Go fuck yourself." 
all the time, honestly, and all the time for many, many years. Um, but none of them have had to do with any of my blood shoots. Every time that there has been a blood shoot discussed, it has either been happened or there's been a pin put in it and it still is waiting to happen. Okay. Like I have five gallons of blood sitting in my, <laughs> in my boss's office at the haunt right now that's waiting for another shoot that's going to happen in like two or three weeks. That's awesome. So based on that, so you're in uh, Ohio which isn't known for its super high temperatures, but it will be late August in a couple of weeks. Um, right. Do you prefer doing a blood shoot when it's overly warm out? Or yes. More than I learned my lesson after doing, I have been in pleather in winter with open toed shoes um, with a shirtless man. And that was my only form of warmth. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, and I have been doused in a whole entire gallon of blood to myself. Nobody else was with me or messy with me. Um, and I have sat in a old tub that was sitting on the cold ground in late fall. And yeah, I I froze, <laughs> but it was so worth it. The pictures turned out so amazing. I mean, suffer for your art. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I get you there. I just wasn't sure if it was like you know like oh well you know if it's cold you know obviously it's cold and you know you're wet. Uh, but if it's hot, I don't know if like you know the heat does anything to the different types of blood that you use, and it's like. It might dry it faster, which would just give it a older blood, you know, blood has settled and dried kind of look um, instead of keeping it necessarily the wet look. But I would still rather do it and be drenched in it if I'm actually going to be completely drenched in it in warmer weather. See, my thought was maybe that, you know, because of the heat, it would start with an odd smell or something like that might. Actually, depending on what you're using or what you have on hand, if it's store-bought, there's, um... oh, and to add back to the other conversation that we were having about the different types of blood, there's blood that you can make out of detergents hmm. that'll wash right out of your clothing, too that's made out of laundry soap and you just have to dye it red. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. See, this is why you're on because you're the expert on all, all things blood. It seems, uh, there's another question, uh, from the same person. Uh, they're saying, is there anything worse than a blood shoot that is on your bucket list? And I'm not quite sure what they mean by anything worse. Like, um, uh, if you could, if you could, uh, Give us a little more uh, elaboration on that, uh, Raka's life. Um, what specifically do you mean? Like, you know, is it like a, like a satanic thing or like, you know, eating a baby or something? Like, I promise it doesn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, maybe the baby's a jerk. I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, 
was just gonna ask something. Um, yeah, the the smell thing. When uh, I I I worked uh, for a specific company, and they had um, they were doing research, and there was a a lot of uh, synthetic blood that was made. Yes. And I don't think this is the same type of stuff, because this stuff would there was a lot of it, and we had to get rid of it, and it smelled. Like I was wearing a, a Vogue mask, which is it's got a filter on it. Uh huh. Um, and even that, the stench was overpowering. Oh, they. Um, uh, I would assume that that was just old, spoiled blood. It was synthetic, uh, equine, a uh, bovine hemoglobin. Yeah, that's that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Was, that is was, incredibly different. Yeah. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't mind working in real blood either. Pulling a carry. Okay. I, I I wouldn't actually be against it completely as long as it was ethically sourced. Okay. It, like it yeah, so it depends on whose blood it is. It's like, oh, I, some guys. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, like it has to come from at least like a butcher or something. Mm -hmm. Um I have worked with animal parts before um, and things like that. I have kissed a pig's head. Um, and one of my shoots, I it's not on Facebook because I never got them back, but I have done it. Um, I've had a animal part tea party and that is on Facebook. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm also not like stalking all of your photos because I'm not a weird creeper, but uh, I think. Please creep them. Okay. For anyone listening, go to my page and creep them. The uh, uh, description is in the show notes. So please, uh, or her, all her Facebook uh, information uh, for her modeling page is in, uh, is in, in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so Rocket's Life, uh, I think that might answer your question a little bit. Uh, they were asking guts, et cetera, uh, more gore, fake, of course, although you said you, know, you wouldn't mind working with real blood. Uh, I've worked with real animal parts. So, I mean, the only thing with that is eventually it does start to stink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I would imagine so. But I am not completely turned off by it. Like, it's not completely repulsive to me. I can handle it. Okay. Well, I'm glad she answered your question. That's what uh, Rocket's Life just said. Well, she answered that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> okay. So, I wasn't sure what, what uh, Rocket's Life meant by, uh, by worse, but we got the answer that we were looking for. So, your ideal shoot. Uh, I know we touched on it a little bit. Uh, you said you'd like to do like a bathory shoot. I would like to redo a bathory shoot. I've done one and it was, it came out exactly how it was supposed to, but I have a different idea with some twists that I want to do to change it up and bring it up a notch. Now, when you when you do your shoots, is it you know like you're just the model, like you know, or do you have different inputs, or have you ever done a thing where it's like, 
you know, like the the people that direct their own movies. You know, like uh, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the Stars Born. You know, Bradley Cooper directed it and starred in it. So have you ever I've done anything? I've done a little like bit that? of all of that. I have. I like to have control, like creative control, over most of my work. But I have approached um, other photographers or other models that I have worked alongside. And I have said, you know, hey, I, I like your idea here. I'm interested in doing it with you. Let's make it happen. Oh, uh, you're not. Uh, he says he's not a stalker. It's Dave Rocco. Oh, OK. Hi, Dave. Um, so my question then would be uh is there a situation where you would want to do something where you are the photographer and you're not the model and you're like kind of directing uh the shoot or are your ideas just like i have to be in this you know i i have to be in it it's yeah so i would imagine that might be um that might be difficult if you're trying to like both direct it and and you know be the model only I because I generally just come up with a general idea and then I'm I'm like, you know, let's do this and this is what I have in my head. What do you think? And then, you know, we'll both kind of bounce off of each other. Have you ever storyboarded out a shoot or is that something that that you do or um, kind of sometimes, uh, but not too often. Um, a lot of the times the concepts that have been, uh, discussed are usually fairly simple. So they're, we could plan them out in 20 minutes and do them a month later. Yeah. Cause this is, this is something I'm, uh, Nobody wants to take pictures of me, so <laughs> this is not something with which I am overly familiar, uh, and I, I have very limited um, experience working on a film set, so I was just trying to see if there was um, some kind of uh, like comparison between the two. Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing would be uh, photography and, and lining up the shots and, and the lighting and everything. Yeah. I mean, there can be, but for mine, that's usually not necessarily the case. I would, I would guess, like if you were to do, uh, and if anybody's a, a, a photographer, you know, if, if Jeremy Safford wants to weigh in on this, uh, if there's a like a multitude of like outfits or, or locations or you know different props and things like that, like okay, this one's going to be in a basement, and now we're going to do one, you know. You know, like outside, like, would you want to do something like that where, you know, it's like this is going to take a weekend and we're going to do, you know, you're going to be like this scary character and we're going to tell a story through photographs. And we're I would love that. See, I would jump on it. That sounds like it would be really cool. Yeah. And so it'd almost be like a, not quite a movie, but it's still you're telling. You're it telling still has a storyline. Yeah. Yeah. That probably would take longer because you're you're setting up for like one specific shot that you're trying to get as opposed to like a specific long motion. Those are the yeah, those are definitely twelve to sixteen hour days. Now, is that typical? Like, what's a what's a typical shoot for you? Say it's, you're not involving all the blood, 
Uh, so, you know, you don't have the, you know, getting the blood just right and then the cleanup. And a stuff. lot of basic shoots that I have done have, t- I can talk to a photographer, um, like say at a group event and I can pull a photographer aside and be like, Hey, I have this real quick idea. You know, do you have an hour? And then boom, we work for a half an hour and we're done. Cool. We don't even need that whole hour other than maybe I might need to change or I might need to throw on some makeup. All right. Um, other than like a bathroom shoot, is there like something, and if you have something in the works, you don't want to tell us about that's fine too. Uh, is there something specific that you would like to do? Is there like a theme uh, that you would want to do or like, you know, maybe work with a makeup artist and, you know, do a bunch of different looks I would like to do more romance work and more erotic work. Okay. For sure. So where you say more, obviously you've done some in the past and uh, I've seen some of those pictures that are up on Facebook that you've, that you've posted. Uh, There's a lot of like really cool stuff. Um, When was, you know, like the blood stuff, when did you realize you're like, I dig this. This is, this is something I want to do. I was actually 21, 22 and in college. And I had had a lot of issues with being in college and stuff like that. So I dropped out and I had wanted to model and I'd wanted to be different. And I wanted to be an advocate for, you know, the disabled community. And I wanted to be, a representative and just do things differently. And I said, I want to be an artist. I want to model. Let's try this. And it took me two or three years of just trying to find somebody to even take my money to like, Hey, I will pay you to help me build my portfolio so I can start to actually get jobs out of that. That's insane. Like seeing some of the work that you've done, like that's insane that people wouldn't even take your money. Yeah. Like I, I was legitimately laughed at. Now when, you know, let's kind of shift gears a little bit to your, uh, your advocacy work. When did you decide that that was something that you wanted to pursue? Was that around the same time? No, that was, I've always been very different. Um, Even of like my disabled friends group that I have, I am, I was very, I was raised very differently. I have very much a different view than a lot of them were raised to have. And I have a different outlook and a much more bold personality type than a lot of them have. And so for me, it was something of, I need to teach these people how to genuinely live. It's not the end of the world and things are not miserable. And, you know, there is this stereotypical idea of what disabled people are like and I give it the middle finger because I'm not like that at all. So 
when you when you decided to become an advocate, like what was the first thing, you know, other than your your friends? Oh, Ash has got a question. Uh, before we get into that, if you could collaborate with anyone, any photographer, model, or designer, who would it be? Hi, Ashes. Thank you for watching. I think she just got home. Donatella Versace. Not to be confused. I would Ninja work Turner. for her in a heartbeat. She'd be lucky to have you. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm not your stereotypical, like, supermodel or anything. I'm short. I'm curvy. You know, whatever. But if I could work for Donatella Versace, Don Donatella Versace, call me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like, I've seen some of your, your, your work. Your work is, she said, yes, queen. I don't know if you can see the comments or not. Uh, she said, yes, queen. Yes, I see. Only one exclamation point for all that. I would expect at least three. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you've done some amazing work and you look fantastic in every picture that I've seen. Like, I, I can't understand why anybody would have wanted to not work with you. Like, oh, you're not ideal. It's like. I was young. I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, but still, like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't understand, you know. I didn't either. And to this day, I still, like, it just, it boggles my mind. Uh, Asha says there needs to be more representation in the fashion world, especially runway. I'm not, these, I'm not reading these for you now that I know you can see them because I'm also recording this like we were talking about. And uh, for folks who don't catch the live stream or don't see it on YouTube, we're going to put it up on Shark Bite so they can they can hear it because I really want everyone to, uh, you know, get as much exposure of you as we can. Absolutely. Because, you know, advocacy is a huge uh a huge issue because there are so many underrepresented groups and so many times um, like there was a uh, there was a, uh, an uprising with, you know, every time, you know, like Scarlett Johansson getting cast in uh, uh, Ghost in the Machine and then um, to play a Japanese character. And then, right. Um, Where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know, and I, I I'm just playing devil devil's advocate here. She did look a lot like the anime character, but yeah, it, sh yeah. it should have been a Japanese person. Like everybody else yeah. was Japanese pretty much. Um, and then um, what's her name? I like her, but uh, Emma Stone in like, what was it? Aloha or something. She was supposed to be Hawaiian, like a Hawaiian native. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, like where did that come from? <laughs> no. I mean, I, so I get it, uh, you know, and I think the most recent one was uh, that Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart movie where he played a, uh, a quadriplegic. I forget what it was called, like Stand By Me or Stand With Me or some something, something like that. Yeah. And folks were like, well, why couldn't you get? Although I would say that if Christopher Reeve had still been alive, he probably would have gotten that role. Like he was absolutely for it. And, oh, yeah, they would have offered it to him in a heartbeat. I mean, he probably would have turned it down, but. I mean, they probably would have made the movie about him at this point. 
I'm right. surprised they haven't. But certain ones I can understand. Eddie Redmayne playing Stephen Hawking. I get that. Like, it's difficult to, in this specific uh, situation, getting someone with that advanced uh, ALS, especially where, like, he had to, like, get up. At one point, like, he's having, like, a fan. If you haven't seen uh, The Theory of Everything, it's fantastic. But he, oh, yeah, his fantasy sequence. Where he gets up and picks the pen up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I get it. Uh, we have a few questions before we go. Was there a gig? This is from uh, Skipper Bob's Breakdown, uh, my good buddy Bob over at uh, the, well, right now they're the Wear Your Mask Guild, uh, but Cretans Guild podcast. Uh, check out Skipper Bob's Breakdowns. He does some awesome stuff uh, touring Disney and Epcot, and it's fantastic. So he says, was there a gig that you took that you were apprehensive about, but it turned out better than you thought? Yes. Do you want to elaborate on that? or No. Okay, that's, <laughs> fi- that's perfectly fine. So, you know, I, again, we want you to be comfortable. We want everybody to be respectful. So if you don't want to get into anything, you don't have to. So Yeah, I... I definitely, I don't like the possibility of putting my photographers or my, you know, co-crew down. Okay. And I don't, I don't want you to. I just want to talk. uh, We're very positive on this show. Despite the fact that I get angry about a lot of things, we're very positive. Uh, Dave says, uh, because she isn't full of pity, but people expect that of stereotypes. Anthony T says, if you could work for any horror director out there, who would it be and why? And you can't pick Spencer. <laughs> um, as much as I adore Spencer. Um, I mean, you're already working with him. That's, you know, you, you can't, you can't pick him. You have to pick someone you, you haven't worked with. Tom Savini. Okay. Yeah. He definitely knows his way around some uh, practical effects and blood. Right. What's your favorite Tom Savini? I, I, I would character? let that man kill me off, okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it would be very creative. What's your your favorite Savini performance? Oh. I don't have one. I don't. I can't choose one. I have. I don't know where it is. It's around here somewhere, but I have the autographed picture of... Uh, him with the cock and balls gun from uh, from dusk till dawn. I've got that signed. <laughs> you just nice. kind of sitting there like this, looking over, and the guns popped up. I was like, "Yep." I'm like, "I have to." This is the one I need to get signed. It's somewhere around. I might have uh, packed it up because there's. You saw earlier how much stuff I have in this room, and that's about uh, a third of it. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to go away, but I am going to grab a drink. Oh, please do. So we'll, uh, we'll, I'll keep going while you're doing that. All right. Take your time. So for those of you who are just joining us, uh, we are joined by, uh, disability advocate, uh, model, actor, uh, Jessica Snyder. Uh, Jess is going to be in the upcoming, uh, Axe to Grind, sequel to Axe to Grind. Um, and she just mentioned that her favorite, her favorite, uh, 
the, the one director she'd like to work with is Tom Savini. But my question is, uh, what do you got? You got like an iced coffee or something there? Just or is it yes, I do. All right, I was gonna. The next thing I was gonna guess, it, it looks like uh, you might be drinking blood as well. I don't know how how prepared you were gonna be for this uh, for this interview. <laughs> No liquid courage. No. <laughs> uh, Ashes needs to know what lip color you're wearing. Um, I know that it's an elf cosmetic shade, but I'm not. I can't think of the name of it. You can you just shoot me a message later when you. Uh, uh, I'll let her know. Yeah, we can figure it out. We're friends. Yeah, that's all, that's all that matters. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, you know, we we talked about the advocacy we talked about the modeling we talked a little bit about uh halloween but you are also uh, a comic nerd and we talked a little bit about that uh, in the, in the interview a couple weeks ago with just everybody which was actually i say a couple weeks ago it was last week oh my god this has been <laughs> this has been a, a long year uh oh ash has a question do you have a favorite cosmetics line Elf. Elf. And uh, do you put that on a shelf? No. No, no elf on a shelf. No, no elf on a shelf. I would burn it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some comics. Because last time when we first started talking to you, you were wearing a Guardians of the Galaxy shirt. So, mm-hmm. And were you drawn to Guardians of the Galaxy because uh, dark comedy horror director James Gunn was attached to that, or were you just no. the characters or the actors? Um, I Chris, yeah, Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, he's adorable. Not gonna lie, I I'm one of those Chris girls that likes all of the Chris's. <laughs> Were you familiar at all with the Guardians of the Galaxy prior to seeing that? Uh, Ash also says Elf is pretty great and super affordable. I knew that the comic existed, but no, I haven't read them. I was aware of them myself only because I used to collect all the Marvel trading cards. And I think it was Series 3. Yeah, Series 3. And there was like the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they were like not these guys they were like other characters like completely other characters i had no clue who any of these guys were like but to me that just kind of showed how powerful marvel is where it's like right. oh you know these super obscure characters from the 70s no yeah well they're gonna make a billion dollars now <laughs> <laughs> which is essentially what happens and the fact that they took Groot and like did a whole 180. Mhm. It now he's this cute little guy and in the comics he was completely badass. Mhm. The thing I the only character I knew was I knew Drax and I knew Gamora and I knew them from um the Infinity Gauntlet which is like my favorite storyline of all time. And Drax was this huge green dude that kind of looked like a like the Hulk, but with like a cape. 
And I remember at the end of that, they split up the Infinity Gauntlet, and Adam Warlock and uh, it was Adam Warlock, Pip the Troll, Gamora, uh, Thanos actually got one of the ju- one of the stones back, or they were Infinity Gems at the time. Uh, Moon Dragon, I think was like Thanos's daughter or something. I don't. And then I f- I forget who the last one was, but they split up all the gems. And Drax took his, like it was on his forehead, and he thought it was a jelly bean, and he ate it. Like, wow. Because he had the intelligence of a six-year-old. Yeah. Like, oh, he was so dumb. And, like, Gamora was still super badass Gamora. Which... And he's even dumb in the actual Galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I would like... call him, he's literal. Like, he has no, you know, like, the, the like, it's like, sorry, that just went over your head. It's like, nothing would go over my head. I am too fast. You know, like the, you know, why would I put my finger on his neck? Like, he he was so literal. Like, he di- he's not used to, like, the, the type of idioms and personality that, like, you know, obviously, you know, we saw with Peter Quill. Right. But, like, he was literally, like, he took an infinity gem off his forehead and thought it was a jelly bean and ate it. Ate it. Like, he was... <laughs> He had the intelligence of like a six-year-old. Like he had no clue. Like right, um, and that's what makes him lovable, though. Yeah, he's he's. But Dave Bautista is an underrated actor. He is. He is so good. I really liked him in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like the small part that he had at the beginning. Hmm. Probably the least believable thing about that is that Ryan Gosling could beat him in a fight. <laughs> uh, Agreed. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen Hotel Artemis, holy shit, he is good in that. I have not seen that one oh. yet. So this is one of those, like, it kind of flew under the radar. Uh-huh. And uh, it's got Jodie Foster and Sterling K. Brown. And Charlie Day and uh, Jenny Slate is in it for a little bit. Zachary Quinto, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, Sophia Botella. Like, that's the principal cast. Jeff Goldblum in it. I really need to see it. Oh, yeah. It's oh, it's fantastic. And there's a couple more other people that you, if you saw him, you'd recognize him. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy from the, the thing that he was in. Like, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown's brother that's in it is the guy from he was in Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. He was the orderly that he stole the if you've seen Joker, he steals a a, a file from him mm-hmm. and runs down the hallway like that's the same guy. Nice. Uh Dave says uh, actually as a horror fan, Jessica's acting is as close to real as I've ever seen in person. Are there any surprises in your future besides the movie? No. Um, All I'm waiting on right now are the books to release. Um, They are being written and published and stuff as we speak. So there's just going to be a lot of things coming out one after the other, you know, eventually. All right. Uh, And Asha says it helps that Guardians has a fantastic soundtrack, too. Oh, Yeah. I think Absolutely. The best part about that, and you get to see it in Endgame, is like we see, 
you know, like, you know, we have the music with Star-Lord singing, but, like, we get to see, like, the outs, like, as observers, like, with uh, War Machine and, and Nebula sitting there watching him dance around and sing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is one of the funnier moments, like, one of the funnier callbacks that they have in all of all of that uh, Infinity Saga. Absolutely. So, of the uh, of the the Marvel films, like what what are your your favorites? And like as you as you watch them, like did you watch them as they came out, or were you like I'm not familiar with this character, or were you like Oh my god, I can't wait to see this movie? Um, I was more interested in the Guardians, and um, Spider Man before tom holland i'm not gonna hate on tom holland he is adorable but i was a um uh andrew garfield no toby toby mcguire fan yeah okay i wasn't sure how far far back you were going if you were like right before tom holland or like way before tom holland uh, I think he was he was good. Like he was a good. The other guy was Andrew Garfield. That was just bad. See the that thing was... with Spider Man, it's the same thing I think with Batman. And if anybody in the comments, you know, has a, a thought on this, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Because you're not just playing one guy. Like with Iron Man, I I am Iron Man. You're Tony Stark. He's going to act the exact same way no matter what. Right. Steve Rogers, he's going to act the same way no matter what. Uh, But with Batman and Spider-Man, you have these two, especially with Batman, these two contradictory personalities. Right. So you have have to be be a completely different person. Like you could be a good Batman, but a terrible Bruce Wayne. And you could be a good Bruce Wayne, but a terrible Batman. Right. Like Clooney was a good Bruce Wayne. Like he, he could play Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Not so much Batman. <laughs> like the Bat credit card, like really, like the Bat card. Uh, okay. Ashes says, which Marvel character do you feel deserves to be more love, and which hero or villain in the Marvel universe would you like to portray? Now, I don't know if she means which character, like, in the movies or just which character in general. Um, So if you want to take a moment to think about that, I'm going to answer that myself. Uh, The character I think deserves more love. I think Ant-Man is underrated. (sighs) I have issues with (laughs) Ant-Man. It's not the character. It's not the films, although I would have loved to see what Edgar Wright could do with that first film. I loved mm-hmm. Paul Rudd. My problem is, and this goes for any movie ever, I have no problem suspending my disbelief. I'm fine with believing that there's a di- uh, an island full of genetically engineered dinosaurs. I'm fine with believing that if you get bitten by a spider, you can swing around the world like that it's fine i'm totally cool with all of that my problem is when you these are the rules except when they're not like physics rules yes so the biggest thing for me is 
okay, yeah, so we're going to shrink you down, but you're still going to have your same mass. So you're going to be, you know, a quarter of an inch tall, but you can still pack a punch of a 220-pound man. Well, if he still has all that same mass, how does he run on the barrel of a gun? If he still has all that mass, you know, how does he do half the things that he does? Right. How, how do you carry a 60-ton tank in your pocket if it keeps the same mass? You know, like, that's the thing to me that drives me insane. Like, when they're bringing the building around in the second one, like, did all the plumbing come loose? Is there flooding everywhere? What happened to all the desks and the file cabinets? Do they stay in place? Like, how does all that work? What about the electric grid? How does that work? Why didn't the electric go... Right. <laughs> Why was there not this huge power surge when everything that was connected to this suddenly stopped? Why were there not geysers shooting up with all the pipes that disconnected from this huge building? Like, how does that happen? Practicality. <laughs> and here's my biggest thing, my biggest issue. You know, like, let's just say, okay, because it shrank, it's got the same mass, but it's different, whatever. They said the technology shrinks the space between your atoms, right? Shrinks the space between your atoms. So to you, as an example, I have a Lego shark. If I were to take all of these pieces apart and put them in a small pile, you know, with separating no space, you know, like if I put them all in a pile and there's no air between them, I'm still going to have this many bricks and it's still going to be this mass. So, mm -hmm. if you, it, so, better example, I have a, a, a square house made of bricks. And I take all those bricks, and instead of having them spread out, I put them all into a pile. They're, it's much smaller, right? Mm -hmm. But those bricks, don't, I can't get that any smaller than that. So, how do you shrink subatomic when it's like, oh, we took all the space away out of the atoms, and we shrunk you down? Well, how do when you get smaller? In between atoms, atoms, there's no space to begin with. Once you get, once you take all that space away, how do you get smaller than that? You can't. Are you then you shrinking the atoms? Because there's fusion. Right. Are you then shrinking the atoms? Because that's not what you said. You know, and if you don't age in the quantum realm, why did Michelle Pfeiffer get older? Like, <laughs> don't set up a rule and then completely blow by it and completely ignore it. That's my only issue. That and prequels, like, say, Solo, where it's like, oh, he's in a situation. Oh, he's, he might die. <gasps> oh, I wonder if he's going to die in this situation. It's like, no, he's in 40 years worth of movies after this. Like, <laughs> I already know how he dies. Like, we all know. <laughs> we know how he dies, and it's not here. Like, this is 30 years before he meets... Luke Skywalker, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be all right, and he'll get out of it. Like, that I, I don't like. Yeah. I agree. So It's one of those maddening things. It's like, I get it's for narrative purposes, but, like, there are so many better ways to tell a story. Like, have you seen Knives Out? Yes, I actually just watched it this past week. Okay. So at the end of that, uh, Ash and I saw it in the theater because we're like, oh, this looks so cool. It was filmed in Massachusetts. Like, we recognize some of the landmarks and things. Like, uh, it's like, oh, that's so cool. There's so many uh, uh, great actors in this. And then at the end, we got written and directed by Ryan Johnston. And the first thing that popped into my head 
was the thing that popped into my head when I saw Hayden Christensen in the movie Life is a House. Why couldn't you do that for Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know if you have feelings on Episode Eight. Um, and I know you said you're more of a Star Trek person than a Star Wars person. A little bit. But that was one of the most maddening things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I remember walking out of that movie with Ash and I looked at her and I'm like, I I don't think I liked that. Like, it was the weirdest. I was like, I, I don't think I liked that movie. And it was a weird feeling to me because when I saw uh, Force Awakens, like, I cried several times. <laughs> like, I was so happy and then, like, so devastated later on. But I watched, I was like, you know what? I have to see it again. So I ended up going with a couple of my friends uh, that weekend and I watched it again and I was like, don't like it. <laughs> still can't just can't I, I i did a big uh at the end of last year i did like eight or nine weeks in a row of different star wars shows like we talked mandalorian we did the original trilogy we did we just did we did everything and i rewatched everything and still didn't like it i just i i couldn't i couldn't I tried. There were a couple of parts. Like, I tried to be as positive as possible. But, I don't know. So, speaking of movies like that, what's a movie that you were really hyped up to see that when you went to see it, you were like, huh. like it doesn't Mortal Engines? All right. Did you read the uh, the books? Nope. Or were you just like, oh, this looks super cool? And then it kind of just, meh. Yeah. yeah. I, I watched that earlier this year and I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that was my exact reaction. I was like, okay, sure. Um, Ash wants to know who your favorite Star Trek character is. Who my favorite Star Trek character is? Picard. Yeah, you you said that he was your your favorite captain, I believe. Yes. Um, I don't know. I've... Data. If you don't love Data, oh, I can't. Brent Spiner. Um, yeah, he's and good. of course Spock. Oh yeah. Uh, what did you think of um of Zachary Quinto Spock? Uh, no, no. See, I like Zachary Quinto, like because I really enjoyed him in Heroes. The only thing I appreciated of that was that Leonard Nimoy actually showed up as Old Spock. That, yeah, I like that. I've seen all three of them, so I, I've seen all three of the new ones. Um, I've seen, I think, the first six with the original cast. Mm -hmm. I think up to Undiscovered Country. Um, but yeah, I... I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch Khan. Yes! Like, he was super awesome. 
Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Peter Weller as the bad guy, but like he's a good bad guy. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's let's shift gears a little bit because we're we're gonna we're talking sci-fi nerd stuff. What is your favorite sci-fi space vehicle? Oh. You can do a couple if you want. Like, if it's hard to choose, you're like, oh, I like this one from this franchise and this one from this franchise. I don't really know of any sci-fi vehicles besides Kit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking, like, you know, the Enterprise. You know, like, for me, I really like the Klingon Birds of Prey. Like, I think they look super cool. Um, Kit is a good one. I don't, yeah. That's the only one I can actually think of the name to. Well, I mean, you could say, like, oh, I like this guy's ship, and, like, I might know what it is. Um, if there's a specific one that you like. Like the Millennium Falcon or something. The fish-looking ship in uh, Atlantis? Okay. I don't know the name of it, but, yeah, like, that's kind of cool-looking. The animated one? Yeah, with uh, Michael J. Fox. Yes. And Cree Summer, who I only remember her name because we were talking about it the other day. Uh, she played Kida, and she is also going to be in the new He-Man series. Nice. Um, I don't know if you remember He-Man. I think that was a little bit after after your time because you're, you're a bit younger than I am, and He-Man kind of petered out when I was still fairly young. Um. Oh, now they totally... Oh, all right. I know what the thought I was going to ask. Do you have a favorite Disney princess? I do. Who is your favorite Disney princess? Belle. I have to go with Belle. All right. That's Although, fun. if we're going to talk more modern princess, it will have to be Moana. Okay. All right. Moana is Moana's definitely more of a take charge. She's in the same vein as Belle. But I do recall getting into a massive argument with people about the original uh the original Beauty and the Beast and everyone told me I was insane and argued and fought with me and then everything that I brought up they changed in the live action version. Mm-hmm. For those of you who can't see because you're listening to the podcast, I just did the air bunnies. Um, first of all, Belle walks around talking shit about everybody. Like, oh, I'm so much better than everyone here. I should have so much more. I should have everything that I want because I read and all of you are peasants. <laughs> oh, Belle, what, what do you contribute? Well, I read. Awesome. We're an agrarian society, so a lot of us, like, bake bread, we farm. Uh, what do you do? Well, I've read this same book 22 times. Right, but what do you do? Well, I don't know if you noticed, uh, but I'm also ravishing. Like, that was her contribution. And it's like, yes, y you know, you're... Maybe you did. My dad's an inventor, so that's good enough. Yeah. Like everyone else, she's like, oh, look at this asshole carrying his bread just like every other day. It's like, oh, what do you eat? 
oh, bread? So maybe don't talk shit about the baker. Right. Yeah, you know, and, you know, here's the biggest plot There's hole. There's a song where she literally sings talking shit. Yeah, she's just like, it's the, it's the I'm better than everyone else song. Like, then you have, like, first of all, in any other movie, Gaston is the hero. In any other movie, Gaston is the hero. Tell me he's any different from Flynn Rider in, in Rapunzel. He's not. Like, no, he's as big of an not. egotistical jerk. Um, but then here's, here's the biggest thing that nobody ever thinks about. The first, what, why, was, why, was the, why was the prince cursed? What was, what was his deal? Because he was a jerk. Why was he a jerk? He was a jerk because he turned away this little old lady who happened to just be a magical witch princess person. How old was he when this happened? I don't know. I think he was like 16. He was 10. He was 10 years old. Uh, or uh, he was 10, 11. And because if you remember, he has to fall in love before the last rose petal fall. He has 10 years, which means before his 21st birthday. And he had been cursed for 10 years because uh, the candlestick there, Lumiere, says that for 10 years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting, which means this dude is 20 years old. He's been cursed for 10 years. So a 10-year-old wouldn't let a weird, creepy stranger into their house. Mm-hmm. Now, if we learned anything from Snow White, <laughs> we should not let creepy old women into our house. So Disney says, you didn't let some weird lady into your house? First of all, why the hell is the prince answering the door? The prince. When does the prince answer the door? There's 10,000 different animated uh, enchanted creatures in his house now. There has to be a door guy. Right. Nobody opens the door. Right. Why is he opening the door in the first place? Like, that's a little weird. And I mean, the castle stylist turns into a wardrobe. Right. The, the Lumiere and, and uh, Cogsworth, like, wouldn't those be the guys that would be opening the door and, like, introducing visitors in the throne room to... Probably the queen and king, but because it's a Disney movie, his parents are probably dead. Probably. <laughs> like, there's so many plot holes with this. And now, you have to fall in love with someone. You haven't been able to, uh, like, your life has not encompassed the in intricacies of peer bonding because you are this massive hulking gorilla wolf lion thing, and all your friends are tea kettles and candlesticks and clocks. And now you're supposed to form a, a, a lifelong bond with the first human you've ever seen in the in a decade? He's yeah. Got, he's got to go through, had to go through puberty. He had to go through like all this stuff with no parents, nobody to teach him anything. It's like, you know, how is a candlestick going to teach you about puberty and your changing body? Right. It's like, oh, you're gonna notice more hair. It's like I'm a giant fucking monster. I have hair everywhere. Like, 
Like it, there's so much of that that's just. Um, so Ash wants to know who is your favorite Disney villain. Oh, hmm. Yeah, this is this is a tough one too, especially for horror people. My favorite Disney villain. Yeah, Ash likes to ask that question because it's it always gets probably Ka from the Jungle Book. Oh yes, every time I see him, though, all I think of is uh, Robin Hood because he looks like Sir Hiss. It's like the same dude. Like Baloo is is, uh, and he's an underrated villain. villain. He is. He is, especially where they got uh, well Scarlett Johansson coming up again <laughs> to to play a snake. Um, yeah, Ka's a good one. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone has picked that yet. So, we were talking about Disney Princess a little bit. Do you know what the criteria is for someone to be a Disney Princess? Because Disney has very specific rules for that. Oh, gosh, I've watched this. Um, You have to... You have to know how to dance. That wasn't one um, of them. You have to be within like a four inch different or four inch height range. No, to... I mean, I mean, like how their characters, like what make like why Princess Leia is not considered a Disney princess. Nala is not a Disney princess. Oh no, I have no idea. All right, so yeah, you're. I think you were thinking like. To, in order how, to, I was thinking of the how to become a Disney princess at, through Disney. At, yeah, like at the park or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I should have been a little more clear on my, my question. So there's, I think, four criteria. First one is uh, you have to be human, so Nala's out. You have to have made your first appearance in an animated film that went to theaters. So Princess Leia's out. Any of these sequels, so Little Mermaid's daughter, despite the fact that she is a queen, uh, her daughter is not a princess. Figure that one out. Um, right. Your movie has to be a box office success. So that takes Kida from Atlantis out. And finally, you have to either literally, you know, be royalty, you know, ma- be royalty marry into royalty so being royalty like sleeping beauty and snow white marry into royalty like um cinderella or perform an act of heroism so great that you have that that title like even though you aren't specifically a princess like maybe your society doesn't have it hence mulan is a disney princess yeah so it's weird. Um, I and Mulan has both of her parents, so figure that is, one. Which is crazy. Like, that's so rare. And, uh, yeah, Ash says the Disney parks are really strict about the princess policy. Like, you were getting into, like, you have to dance. You have to be, like, a certain height. Like, you have to have a specific look. Like, it's it makes sense because you can't break that immersion. Right. Um. 
because like you have to make these kids think that it's this is real. Like, I mean, I suppose like at least they better pay well. Like you know, they have the money. Mm-hmm. So we've covered a bunch of college too. Oh, that I didn't know. That I was. Uh, I mean, I've never. There is an actual Disney College program. Oh, okay. So they'll put you through their college, not like like the GI Bill. Or no, no, no. You can be in college but work through Disney, and it helps. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I get you now. I get you now. All right. I like you there's like... a specific thing for college age kids, so like. 18 to 24 or whatever. I thought you meant like, you know, all right, we're hiring you to play uh, Mulan. Now we're going to send you through like Disney college to learn everything about this character. And, you know, like it, like an extended training thing, but I get, I get what you're saying. Right. They have that, but they also have like, it's basically, I guess it's kind of sort of like an internship program. Okay. Where you get, like, internship credits, like, and they will basically put you through college. Like, it's not even Disney college, even though there is a Disney college. Um, But that's for engineering and business and Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da-da. But you could be a college-age student, work at Disney, and that helps get you credits and things. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Have you been to Disney? No. I haven't either. I We were... The plan was to go this year, but uh, we wanted to go for Halloween. Corona. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, we wanted to go for Halloween because uh, Ash is going to be 35 in October. We were going to go right around her birthday, and it's going to be shortly before my 40th birthday, and it uh, looks like we're going next year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. All I want to do is build a lightsaber, and I already told her, uh, you you're going to see a 40-year-old man crying like a 5-year-old boy when I build my lightsaber. And I don't care. Care. <laughs> there is no even care. Even a little. There's not even like the smallest amount of me, uh, uh, amount of who I am. And I'm like, you can live stream that shit. I don't care. It. I have no shame. It's a build a lightsaber. I'm going to build an orange lightsaber. And I already know I'm going to build the elemental nature one with the rancor tooth at the bottom. That's what I'm doing. It's going to be orange. And then we're going to go into the, the, the other store. I think it's called Doc Ondar's. And we're going to buy a whole bunch of other lightsaber crystals. I'm going to get a white one. That's what we're doing. That's just. And we're going to go to Universal and I'm going to go to Springfield and do all the Simpson stuff. Uh, we're going to do all the Harry Potter stuff. But uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. So uh, we've been going for about an hour and a half. Do you have anything else that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover? I know we have uh, still the Kickstarter for Axe 2 Grind is up. Uh, it's yeah, That is still going. Um, I believe there is 20-something days left of that. Yep, which is good. Um, so get paid again. I'm going to pick up another perk. Ash and I picked up a perk today. We picked up the nice. bundle, which is uh, signed poster. Signed blue special edition Blu-ray, um, you know all the previous perks. So you know a thank you in the film, um, uh, the digital download, like all kinds of stuff. So I'm super pumped about. Uh, so one of these is going to have to come down 
so I can have my awesome X two grand poster signed by all you guys. And absolutely. I just want to say, uh, first of all, I'm very happy that you've already exceeded the goal. Like that's already happened, which is. I'm, oh my gosh. Like I am floored about that. Oh, it's great. Uh, our our buddy Brandon, powerful Brandon, picked up a perk. He is an executive producer, so or a regular producer. I forget which one because there's a there's one that's like twenty five hundred, and there's another that's like three hundred. I don't think he got the twenty five hundred one, but uh, yeah, this is going to be an awesome project, and I can't wait for it. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll put links like I keep sharing it everywhere. Um. You're going to be in this. Um, this is your first um, film acting job. Yes. Because obviously working in a haunt, you know, does require some acting skill. You can't just be some lunkhead. Like, right. You have to have nuance to your character, especially if you want to be memorable. And like, you can't just jump out with a chainsaw going, Rawr! you know, like there has to be some nuance to your performance. So. Right. That's yeah. That's not going to bring the customers back. <laughs> right. And I would imagine like, you know, somebody goes through it like, how was it? Like, Oh, it's awful. Don't even waste your money. But like, if you have people that know what they're doing, Hey, uh, we've been in business for over 30 years. Yeah. So you guys know what you're doing. So I would imagine you're taking a lot of your, uh, your skills and your experience here. And you're going to bring that to, uh, X to grind. Absolutely. Um, I am definitely, I'm the, the, the screaming, the retching, the, the, all of it. It's going to be great. See, I didn't even think about like the retching. I was thinking more like, you know, like, and I, I, see, I don't know. I put a man to his knees just by laughing at him. That's awesome. Like that's, I'm sure there was, you know, some, uh, makeup or prosthetics involved as well i'm sure that didn't uh actually the only thing i had was food coloring i was drooling food coloring and i was laughing hysterically okay. that's awesome that's cool uh ash says uh axe to grind is going to be amazing and i can't wait to see you on screen oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be epic i hope you get to kill somebody i hope i die well i'm gonna die why can't you do both well, yeah, I could, yeah, I could definitely do both, but I really want to die. I want them to kill me, <laughs> like, so bad. Have you seen RoboCop 3? No. All right, so there's, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen RoboCop 3. It's been out 25, almost 30 years. So there's two bad samurai robots, and they both swing their swords at the same time and cut each other's heads off. And, like, that's how they... Like, you could do something like that. Like, someone swings an axe at you and you swing an axe at them. Like, you get them in the ribs, like, center mass. And, like, they bury the axe in the side of your face. In the side something. of my face? Yeah, like, you could do something like that where it's like, oh, I got you just as good as you got me. And, like... Yeah. Like, that, that obviously is something that you're looking forward to. Like, is there a... You know, obviously you want to go in a gruesome bloody fashion i'm sure absolutely the more the gorier the better so yeah if the director or the producer or anybody on the crew is watching kill me please <laughs> <laughs> uh 
there is, uh, I'm sure, going to be a, a multitude of answers for this one. So I'm going to give you uh, a top five of your favorite kills in horror movies. Like, it doesn't have to be any, like, it doesn't have to be a specifically memorable one, but it could just be, like, something that, like, really stuck out to you. Like, oh, my God, like, this scene was so cool, and I loved the effects, you know. So give me your top five. Terrifier, sawing the girl upside down in half. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, Texas Chainsaw. The guy in the wheelchair. Franklin. Good. Oh, fuck him. He was so annoying. <laughs> Getting hacked in half. Mm-hmm. That, it, that's like, that was part of my inspiration. And it's one of the um, best jump scares, too. It's like, hey, do you hear something? <laughs> right into the chest. <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, the leech girl from Puppet Master. Yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the spit acid from the fly. Okay. Yep. Oh, that was oh, Cronenberg. <laughs> um and probably my number five was Chucky when he virtually exploded. Okay. That's a good one. Have you seen the Victor Crowley franchise? I don't think so. Oh, so it's Kane Hodder as the the titular character, and there's four of them. So there's uh, Hatchet, Hatchet 2, Hatchet 3, and then Victor Crowley. You could make a top ten list just from that. There's one kill, and his name escapes me. Ash, if you could look this up, you know which one I'm talking about. He, like sort of curb stomps a guy but like puts his face at the edge of a table and like kicks the back of his head and like just the top of his head just slides across the table from like his jaw up there's another oh. one oh yes he grabs a woman and just tears her head open and like you see her tongue flapping around after he pulls her head open R.A. Mihailov that's who it is who is in one of the Texas Chainsaw films I believe uh, he played Leatherface in one of them. That's mm-hmm. the guy he... There's another one where you get these two guys are like, do you hear something? Like, I don't know. I think so. And, like, you see this chainsaw. And he's got this fucking chainsaw that's, like, eight feet long. Like, you just see the chainsaw coming out. It's like the beginning of Spaceballs. It just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> and he gets two guys right between the legs. He lifts them up off the ground. And they just slowly slide down as he saws through them. It's amazing. Um, oh, the guy getting cut in half in 13 Ghosts. Yeah, the, the right, oh, as the door closes, like right it's in the, the last door. Yeah, that's a great one. That is a 
perfect gore. Oh yeah, like in my eyes, like, like you see the down. brain, you see half of the organs, you, the whole nine. Like ato- anatomically, so it is good. there, and it's it's prime. It brings me to have you have you watched the Hannibal TV show? No. There is a scene where somebody gets killed like that, but they're on like thirty slides, like they're sliced and put into slides, and they're hanging up like glass slides and like when you see them the first time like you're like oh she's just kind of standing there and then like the camera moves slightly and you just see like this whole row of them there's um in the cell the movie the cell um i can't remember if it's a cow or if it's a horse it's some yeah some some animal like that yeah it's it's one of those large animals. It's either a cow or a horse, and yeah, it's the same thing where it's the it's cut into slides, yeah. but it's still like mooing or whatever. Oh, this this lady was not mooing. She was very dead, but it was the effect for a a, a you know prime time TV show like this. This was a great like. I highly recommend watching that show. It's fucking amazing. Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal is beyond awesome. I'll have to check it out. There is another kill in Victor Crowley where uh, he kills Felissa Rose. And if you ask Mm -hmm. her about it, it's one of her favorite kills that she's like her favorite on-screen deaths. He takes her cell phone and inserts it into her, but like his whole arm comes up through her mouth. It's fantastic. It's one of like the best kills I've ever seen. That's great. Like, that is so good. Watch that those, is old. Watch those four movies. I'm telling you, you will you will like you'll be like, holy shit, how have I not seen these before? Another epic death that I want to add to my list. Paris Hilton, House of Wax. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I think that was the one that people were looking forward to the most because it was like, I hate Paris Hilton. And then <laughs> she just gets impaled through the eye. That was a good one. Yeah. Good effects on that, too. I like that. Like, has there ever been... Oh, the collector and the collection like there's a ton of good ones in there yes um although i think the cringiest diff- most difficult to watch part is when the guy re-breaks his arm so he has the flexibility to unlock the door mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> now my arm hurts oh uh, yeah. yeah like you see all these deaths like the giant scythe like all the blades that come down and just shred through everyone at the beginning right. And, like, this is the worst. Th- oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it physically makes you hurt. Or, um, I believe it was mentioned last week, um, the the saw mechanism with the, the guy where his head and his the limb were in it, and then yeah. they rotated. Yeah, the rack. Uh, the one that yeah, the rack. And that, yeah, that just makes everything hurt. Oh, and I have bad knees to begin with. So just like watching that, just like, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> that's oh, like there, there are like 
I'm fine, like, you know, somebody exploding on screen or, you know, something like that. Like, that, whatever, you know, that happens. That's quick. That's different. <laughs> but, like, watching someone have to, like, re-break an arm or, like, you see bones sticking out of things and you have to push them back in. And, oh, yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> oh. Ash, the cringe. <laughs> for, for Ash, it's anything with... Uh, with the eye and we just watched uh zombie she had never seen it before uh-huh um you've seen that one lucio fulci's zombie yeah with the uh the door the piece of the door that goes right into the girl's eye oh yeah and it's like she hates anything with the eyes but it's like you have to respect and actually on uh some show like some it was like uh like Bravo put it on and they were talking about like all these, you know, horror moments and Tom Savini actually brought that one up and he said that was one of his favorites because so many times they'll cut away and just show you like what happened after. But like to watch the thing literally go into her eye and then snap off like, ah, savage. <laughs> so yeah, we could probably go on and on about kills for a while. Um, oh yeah. Is there, do you have a uh, a shooting schedule for uh, X to grind yet? Like, I know? do not have anything yet. Um, I know they're finalizing. I'm the waiting for all of that to come in and more details and things. So, I imagine there's also like you guys are going to be shooting in Oklahoma, and there's you know it's it's not the uh, most COVID friendly. Well, depending on your definition of COVID friendly, it's either very COVID friendly or, uh, I mean, it's, it's friendly for the virus. It's not so friendly if you want to avoid it. Right. Um, so I guess that's, that's going to determine, you know, when your, your shooting uh, actually happens, but uh, hopefully it happens soon or so sooner rather than later. Like, um, yeah. Like we're we're looking at a tentative uh, shoot schedule. Like we have a time that we would like to get it done. Yeah, and you don't have to you don't have to reveal any of that stuff. Like you know. That's but um. But yeah, things could definitely change. It's mm -hmm. all going to depend on COVID. Yeah, which is a bit frustrating, but you know it's you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I guess. Right. So, um, before we go, because uh, now we're creeping up on uh, about an hour 45, you know, and this has been awesome. Like, I didn't even realize that it's almost 11 o'clock because I've been having a, a really good time chatting with you. Is is there anything else you'd like to cover? Uh, anything else that you want to talk about? It doesn't have to be anything specific to you. You'd be like, oh, I really want to talk about this movie I saw the other day. Like, do you have any movie recommendations or book recommendations? Um... I really just kind of want to shout out my haunt. Do it. Do it. Um, Haunted Hydro, Fremont, Ohio, 1333 Tiffin Street. Um, we will be opening at the end of September this year. Hopefully with COVID and everything going on. We're looking at it. So come see me. Are there uh, 
do you guys have a plan for you know if there's going to be like social distance requirements like we were oh yeah we're probably we're looking at timed ticketing we're looking at uh social distancing we're looking at um possibly minimizing our crew a little bit mm -hmm. to help with that so uh we're also looking at doing just our outdoor haunt so there are less restrictions because it is out in the open and you're not confined to a space where you know everybody's touching everything and it has to be sanitized and yeah i imagine that would be really difficult and probably like affect some of the uh some of the uh, i don't want to say decorations that's not the word i'm i'm using but for lack of a better term at this moment props yeah uh like the just every like not just the props but like all the ambiance like all the like the fake blood and and you know like the paint and like just i'm blanking on the term that i want to use but decorations mm -hmm. is it's probably decorations is a little bit down the street from the word that i want to use but you, <laughs> you know what uh what i'm saying yeah yeah like all the the just the way that everything is put together and uh the atmosphere i'll think of the word like in 45 minutes when it doesn't matter anymore um all right so yeah definitely uh if you are in the ohio area uh where is 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 fremont uh close to like cincinnati or cleveland or fremont is in northeast ohio it's actually closer to sandusky which is where we have cedar point okay I just, I'm not overly familiar with, uh, like, I have some friends that live out there, but they live in, I believe, Garfield Heights, which is where right. Bill Watterson is from, where they did uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Like, my buddy sent me a picture of the area where it's, like, it's it's drawn on the back of one of the Calvin and Hobbes books. And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, that's this area. And he took a picture and sent it to me. He's like, yeah, that's, like, down the street from where I live. It's like, oh, that's so fucking cool. That's great. Uh, so yeah, I want to, I want to thank you for joining me. Like, this was a lot of fun, like, and you are welcome to come on and we'll do this any other time. Cause like this, Absolutely. Is I love talking like nerdy and horror stuff like, uh, and I just want for anybody who's watching or listening, you brought up terrifier. Have you seen the trailer for terrifier two yet? I have. I am so excited. Uh, <laughs> If you have any questions for either Damian Leone or David Howard Thornton, get them to me before Sunday at 2 o'clock because we are interviewing them then. They are coming on the show, they, and that show will drop next Thursday. Nice. So I'm very excited to talk to those gentlemen. And uh, one thing you may not know about David Howard Thornton, he does an amazing uh, oh my god I totally just lost his name he played the incredible Mr. Limpet he was on uh, he was on um, I'm gonna have to look this up hold on he was on uh, the Andy Griffith show I have to look it up because now I'm, I'm blanking on his name and I have to get it right because Don Rickles it's Don something it's not Don Rickles Don Rickles was uh, no Don Knotts. Other... Don Knotts. Right, is it? Don, yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, let me. Incredible. I believe that's what it is. I can't get it. So, yeah, Don Knotts, he does a, a great impression of him, and it's amazing. And, like, he does it like he's talking about Art the Clown. <laughs> and it's, I, he did it for me at a uh, at a convention last year. So I was like, I was told you do an amazing Don Knotts. So I'm I'm hoping I'm, I I can get him to do it. I want to know which which brand of tooth stain they use for Art the Clown. Text me that so I don't forget it. Uh, because I will ask them that. Like I I, I will legitimately ask. Because them I that. use a particular kind of tooth stain for my haunting, but I want to know what they've used. I want to know if it's the same one. <laughs> it you, you never know, but we'll ask them. Um, yeah, because yeah, they'll be on. And if you have anything else, uh, folks who are listening and folks who are uh, actually, by the time you hear this, it'll be uh, Tuesday. If you're listening on Shark Bite, so you missed your opportunity. But hopefully, someone asks that question and uh, it gets answered on Thursday's show. But uh, just thank you so much for uh, for hopping on and, and chatting with me for almost two hours. It's uh, been fun. I always enjoy chatting with you about nerd and horror stuff. So, like I said, anytime, like, you know, maybe at some point we'll just do this just to do it without recording it and just, like, talk nerd stuff. Absolutely. I'm totally down. So before we go, I know I have it in the show notes, but uh, where do you like folks following you on uh, on social media? Uh, they can find me at Jessica Snyder Model on Facebook or um, HotWheels.ModelingOfficial um, on Instagram. That's Hot Wheels with two T's and a Z. Yes. Just so uh, folks are, are making sure they're following the right one. If you don't want any, uh, any, any misconceptions, if someone's like, oh, I heard that interview and that girl's awesome, you know, I, uh, you know, <laughs> we the wrong account. I'm I'm Donatella Versace's friend, and I think she would be perfect. And like, we we get the wrong Hot Wheels, and you missed it by that much. So we don't. Yeah, we don't that actually, let me look and make sure that I'm telling you the <laughs> correct one. I screw mine up, too. Like I I have different ones. Oh, Ashes uh, sent me that question, so I would have it. Hot Wheels underscore modeling official. Ah, My God, it's not dot, it's underscore. Okay, so Hot Wheels underscore. Gotcha. All right, good. And uh, obviously this will be in the show notes. And I'm going to sound like Leo up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to it. Um, But yeah, you'll see everything in the show notes. Again, Jess, thank you so much. Uh, It's awesome. And you are awesome. And... uh, I think that's about it. So, yeah, it was a pleasure. Always good talking with you. Right. Yes. All right, so we are going to drop off now. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. 
Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, the bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplage. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. A problem. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidocubus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. I'm Matthew. I'm Jason. I'm Matteo. And we're Majama. The creators of Bad CGI Sharks. And you're listening to the Shark Bites Podcast. You're going to need a bigger boat. And I am back. Thank you so much for joining and, and listening to that awesome interview with Jess. She's a fantastic person, uh, and I can't wait to see where her career goes. Uh, I'm sure it's going to take off like crazy because uh, not only is she very talented and knows a lot about the industries in which uh, she takes part, but uh, she's also just absolutely delightful. She's got a great personality, but you could you can see from the uh, interview that we did with her, uh, she's she's just uh, awesome. So we're very happy to have a, to have had her on the show, and uh, make sure you check out her social media stuff that she was plugging. I'll put links in the uh, in the page uh, in the notes and stuff because uh, you really need to. To, to check out her work, and if you are someone who is looking to do some uh, photography and, and you need a really good model, uh, you're looking to do some horror and gore stuff, uh, reach out to Jess. She's the she's the one you want to talk to. She's awesome. So, uh, also, uh, if you go to throwdownthursdaypodcast.com, uh, there are some new women in horror articles that I've been putting up over the last week or so. Uh, there are three... And there's another one going up tomorrow. Uh, well, this is Tuesday that I'm recording this. So there'll be another one going up tomorrow. So there's uh, uh, Trista Robinson, who is in Echoes of Fear, and she's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, she's uh, super nice. We had her on the show uh, back a couple months ba- uh, ago. Uh, then there's... Um, trying to remember who else I put on there. Uh, oh, yeah, Rihanna Nicole. I'm trying to remember the order in which they, they came up. Rihanna Nicole... Uh, who just uh, I just found out she has a book um, through uh, through the uh, the interviews there, uh, and I'm very excited to check that out. Seems like some dark horror fantasy stuff, 
And there's also uh, an interview with Jess. So some of the stuff that we did not get to cover today, uh, you can find out in the uh, in the interview that's going to be up on the site. And you can see some of her awesome modeling pictures. Uh, th- they're fantastic. Um, not only is she a great subject, she works with some really excellent photographers that really capture the mood and the lighting. Like she was talking about it a little bit on the on the the show. But uh, and until you see them, uh, the descriptions hardly do them justice. Like she's right. Like the the people she works with uh, are incredibly good, incredibly skilled. So uh, I can see why she continues to work with them. Uh, there's also going to be another one coming up this week. Uh, Aaron Murray Garrett. Um, again, uh, Rhiannon, Jessica, and Aaron all in Axe Two Grind. Uh, they just hit one of their goals, so make sure you go back and check out the stretch goals. Uh, the stretch goal is now 40,000. Uh, th- some of these perks that they've been adding in there are just fantastic. And uh, they're they're racking up the get killed in a scene with Stormy perks. Like a lot of people keep picking those up, and they just keep adding more. So I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with all these and how they're going to seamlessly fit everything together. So I'm very, very excited. Um so I think with that being said, I'm just going to leave you quickly with a uh, a nice shark fact. Um, I learned this uh, over the weekend watching some, uh, some shark stuff on National Geographic. Uh, we all know that bull sharks are able to travel between salt and fresh water, but the reason they were able to do that is because they have special elongated kidneys that store salt up in their body and kind of recycle it through their bloodstream. And that's how they're able to travel in fresh water as well as salt water. Now, obviously, they couldn't do this indefinitely. Like, they would have to return and replenish their salt supply. There's only so many times you can recycle it through your body. But that is a phenomenal um, uh, evolutionary adaptation to uh, really expand on your, your, uh, your prey variety. Uh, one of the clips they showed was from uh, the Zambezi River in Africa where a 12-foot bull shark um, was attempting to go after a fucking hippo. Like, there were six or seven hippos, and the shark went after one of the hippos, and then, like, a bunch of the hippos started fighting back because they're used to battling crocodiles, and the hippos were having none of that shit, and the bull shark was like, well... I gave it a shot. I tried attacking those weird water horses, so uh, I'm out of here. So they left. Uh, the the shark left, and uh, I don't blame him. Hippos are responsible for more deaths of humans than any animal in Africa. Which, uh, if you didn't know that, that's a bonus hippo fact in addition to your shark fact this week. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. And just remember that while I am the podcaster, as the listener. You are my chum. Have a great week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And I'll talk to you soon.